Hello? Me Ready Football Podcast, David Lawson and Stefan Hosen. What's going on, Stefan? What's good? Good, man. Early morning over here, getting it in. How about you? Man, weird day. Woke up, get back to work after a long little holiday. Woke up in the morning after having a terrible night's sleep. Found out that school is cancelled, work is cancelled. Everything cancelled, bars cancelled, gyms cancelled. And I'm like, what? Uh, what has happened? Um, <laughs> the are cases and here they get very crazy. So, you know, it's been one of those days just, just looking forward to going, actually looking forward to getting back to work because, you know, as I say, you know, living is expensive. You have to make money. That is true. That is true. Anyway, good to talk to you. So let's talk about this. And what I, I messaged you yesterday because I'm getting sick and tired of the misconceptions that people are talking about in football. You know, I have some things that, some hills that I like to fire from. People like say I die on the hill. I don't die on the hill. I fire from the hill. <laughs> okay. Uh, right? And the hill that I'm now firing on is a Harry Maguire hill. Someone yeah. said... I said Harry Maguire is world-class. You and I do a weekly podcast, mostly. Have I ever said Harry Maguire is world-class? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. All right. I've never said he's world-class, but I have said that he's a very good player. Even when I criticized him last year, um, before the last season, these um, timelines all merge. So it would have been 2020, the start of 2020 season, where he started very poorly. And you were the one who reminded me, he's actually a very good football player. He's had a bad start. Give him time. He ended up, you know, what happened. This season, I want to make it clear, Harry Maguire has not been good. 100% has not been good, right? Yeah. Not been very good, I should say. He has not been very good. And... But you know who else has not been very good? The entire Manchester United team. But yes. for some reason, if you go on social media, everything, Harry Maguire is like the worst football player in the history of football players. And, I was, and I've always said, actually, he's, he's, that's not true. But then I saw something where people were saying, why didn't Manchester United sign Kobali? Blah, blah, blah. You know, of course, they're going to bring in the race element and stuff. But before I go on my run, you had also posted something about um, defenders and players, right? Uh -huh. I want you to go there for me quickly. You have to remind me what you that was because you've caught me off guard here. Exactly. I, I, I like to catch you off guard. And that if people had watched them like Kubali, for example, Kubali, Napoli defender, how he would not be, he would not be seen rated so highly. After oh, 45 no, no. <laughs> that's that's not what I was getting at um, in regards to rating them. What I have been saying in regards to players like Kobali, and I've also said it about um, Pomenko, who's at Bayern Munich right now. Um, a lot of play, a lot of EPL fans, especially, and fans of certain clubs, and by certain clubs, I like to point them out as the toxic fan base clubs. So that is the likes of um, Manchester United, likes of Barcelona and Arsenal, because I think they have the worst set of fans. Players like Kubali, Opomenko, these ball-playing centre-halves 
where somewhat Harry Maguire falls into this category as well. These centre-halves that like to play in high lines, um, like to take risks, like to get on the ball, they make mistakes and they concede from these mistakes and they give up chances from these mistakes. But the difference is in the, the likes of Upamenko and Kubali, they're playing Serie A and Bundesliga. Manchester United fans, Barcelona fans, they're not watching these games um, week in, week out. They see the highlights. They say, oh, your player is so good. I wish he played for my side. And I've been running this joke for over a year now when it started with um, Upamenko with Bayern Munich. Um, when Barcelona fans were saying they wanted him, I said, if Upamenko signed for Barcelona, just based on the way that Barcelona fans regard the likes of Pique, if Upamenko signed for Barcelona, they would hate him within 45 minutes of his debut. The same thing with Koulibaly I said on the weekend. If Koulibaly had come to the Manchester United instead of Harry Maguire, I'm not saying that Koulibaly would have been terrible. I think he would have done pretty much just as well as Maguire. Give or take better or worse, but around the same level of performance. But Manchester United and the media in England would tear him apart because he's a type of player that takes those risks, goes up in the high line, gets exposed, and just putting him in a Manchester United system with the Manchester United media, they would turn on him in no point, in, in no time. 45 minutes max, he would go from the best defender in the EPL to the worst defender in the EPL in no time, just because of the toxicity around those clubs. I, I don't think so much so because Harry Maguire stylistically, the way how he moves and the way how he looks, and he doesn't have any form of um, powerful running. So that that's something that people in the EPL and watch EPL can easily point. That's his, he's not running very fast, and he, when he gets beat, he looks so slow and slow-footed. He got beat over the weekend, right, and recovered. Yeah didn't get the goal you would think he's the only defender that ever gets shift the man gets a mean i want like i want to get to this and i want to get to some other things but i want to talk about like kubali for example who people rate kubali actually gets dribbled more times per game than harry Maguire per 90 minutes that's just a statistical fact right yeah. i don't believe that the statistics are missing the times that harry Maguire got beat Right? Yeah. It's a very close range. Like, if you look at it this season, and I'm saying Harry Maguire this season has not been good. I'm going to get into the, his previous season, where I've said for the previous three seasons, Harry Maguire has been a top five center back in the EPL. Right? Yeah. No question about it. I was going to get into that. But a player like Kubali, for example, is a player get beat just as much and actually statistically more than Harry Maguire. Granted, he. He, he will um, face up more than Harry Maguire. That means that he will actually do more one-on-ones. Not by much, but he will. He will do, he will do it more. So he gets yeah. beat, but he gets beat. But you'd think that Harry Maguire is the only player that gets beat. Harry Maguire is actually, this season, this season Harry Maguire has been poor, right? One thing we know about EPL is that if you can't defend the area ball, you're in trouble. Harry Maguire is better than Kubali in the era ball. You don't need statistics to tell you that, but if you need the statistics to tell you that, the statistics will tell you that, right? Aerial duels one, Harry Maguire is, is, is definitely is way ahead, right? Aerial deals lost, he's also way, way ahead, right? Yep. And that is something that is in, incredible when you think of the fact that Harry Maguire has always been this and never mentioned, right? And if you're and it is imperative that you have to be able to do that when you're talking about defending stuff like when you look at stuff like interceptions 
and clearances, for example. Harry Maguire clearances, I believe, would be higher because Manchester United seem to be always under threat. So they, all, yeah. so they would, be, would be higher. But these are things that are not mentioned, right? Yeah. You get me? Um, goals conceded, what you call it there again. You have to also remember Harry Maguire has been injured this year, right? Goals conceded and stuff. So I'm not even really looking, looking at that per se, right? Um, blocks, Harry Maguire has more blocks. Um, Harry Maguire this season doesn't have more interception. He did last season. So this is a terrible Harry Maguire season. And I challenge anybody, you can go on the statistical website, you can look at, look at the different stuff, right? Look at all the different statistics. Harry Maguire in an injured hit season, which has had many bad games, um, right? has decided to be anytime he has a bad game he's going to be hated on and i just don't get it like i don't and i, and I don't understand how manchester united fans who fans who fans when players are playing badly they always try and run run to the defense of their of their of of one of their own right harry maguire seems to have no fans and <laughs> and we're also talking about a guy who didn't who, who played in a World Cup and a European Championship for England and was very good. I'm not saying he was great. He yeah. was very good. And I'm not saying, and the reason why I'm not saying he was anything better than very good was because England played in a back three at the World Cup and in the Euros played in a back three here and there. But it wasn't like he was anything worse than what we've seen from Rudiger. And people yeah. are talking about him being the best centre back. And his international football. Where people blame other players who, when they don't play very good, saying, "See, he's just not. He's not. He can't play international ball." But we have a player who, statistically for his club, right, has played well, having a bad season. One hundred percent should be bashed. Everybody at Manchester United should be bashed, and he should be no blame. But for some reason, he's been scapegoated for the entire defensive system, right? That has and, that's the, and that is the word. That is the word right there. I said this in October that the reason I believe Harry Maguire should leave Manchester United in the coming summer is not because of his ability or of talent or the fact that he admittedly is having a poor season. I think Harry Maguire, and I said it in October, October 17th to be exact, I think he has reached scapegoat status where everything that goes wrong with that Manchester United defence is going to be put at the feet of Harry Maguire even when it doesn't necessarily make any sense. Harry Maguire is playing in a defence where, let's be honest, Luke Shaw is having a bad season. Aaron Wan-Bissaka is having a bad season. Varane has come in and he's having a bad season. No one in that defence is playing well. And there's quite a few reasons for that. And one of the main ones for me is the defence just doesn't make sense. I've said it before in regards to Arsenal. It does. It's a counterproductive attack. Manchester United have a counterproductive defence. Those guys do not together. And then they have David De Gea behind them. I saw on the weekend um, two instances compared between Liverpool and Manchester United where for the Burnley goal, yes, Harry Maguire comes out in the high line, gets beat, he doesn't take the red card and he goes one-on-one with De Gea. De Gea sticks in his six-yard box and it's an easy goal for Burnley. On the opposite end, Van Dijk, the ball gets played through him, high line, what happens? The goalkeeper of his line makes a play, does something, does good goalkeeping, and then obviously you don't hear Van Dyke is the problem because the goal doesn't score. But the difference is right there. You have 
a back line. You have two back lines playing high lines, but you have a goalkeeper that can play a high line, you have a goalkeeper that can play a high line. So those kind of things are going to be exposed more for Manchester United. And instead of blaming the entire system as a complete breakdown based on the components, they're just going to say, oh, it's Harry Maguire's fault. Really and truly, Van Dijk was playing against Burnley. That goal still scores because you don't have the team, the components aren't there to back it up. And also that Burnley goal, Luke Shaw again for the 14th millionth time this season, his back four steps up, he stays back and the guy's onside. I've seen that at least 10 times this season for Luke Shaw. Everybody in that defence is confused. It's not just Maguire. Well, I can't blame you. If that is happening often, unless he's he's a, um, a special education child, right? And he has completely decided to be back in remedial education. That is, tells you that there's more around the system. What we're coming off of a season where last year, right, where we thought one Basaka should be starting for England over and was better than people were saying it was better than Trent Alexander. If Who's that had happened, who is no, no, no. <laughs> We, you know, we, the proverbial we, people around the world, <laughs> they were saying you should start, right? And I'm saying yeah. if that had happened, we would be, I would be doing this um, podcast from a different location. Actually, I don't think we could be doing this podcast because I'd be in jail because I'm sure I would kill him <laughs> or the manager. <laughs> like, that's where we're coming from. So yeah, the whole no. thing, it's hard to overanalyze and criticize players, Right. I agree they should be playing better when they're in a system that just is just unforgivable in terms of the system sucks, the coaching sucks, the players seem lost, right? And they, they, and they have struggled. They have absolutely struggled to get anything going, right? And yeah. until, until that changes. But I wanted to talk to you about this. Like some, they wrote an article in Athletic, which you have to pay for, right? Uh, yeah, and the high, it was the, the title of the article is Manchester United are asking Harry Maguire to be something he isn't. Harry M- Maguire is forced to take action when other defenders won't, wouldn't to rescue United. And that can often leave him looking exposed. They broke down the whole statistical data and whatever. And I love the responses to when people give you thorough statistical research and they mm-hmm. come up with this headline. They come up with the entire article stinks of someone who understands stats and data but doesn't understand football. What the fuck <laughs> does that even mean? I, I like if it is if you if the statistics is breaking down an argument, right? Of course, yeah. the statistics is not the be all and end all. But if the statistics is saying that your analysis is totally wrong about a player, right? Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean that it it doesn't mean that the that the only thing you look at is statistics. It means you need to know look at how you are analyzing the player without statistics. Right. Yeah. And basically, what you just said, based on the system that Manchester United is playing, based on what they're asking him to do, based on the players around him, if you actually start to pay attention to the things that is happening around him, you can now better analyze what Harry Maguire's skill set is and why the struggles are happening. No, yeah, for sure. And, and I do agree. I did read that article, by the way, because I do pay for the athletic. But um, yeah, no, I, I've said it from before. Harry Maguire, at the start of the season, he had the look of a player who was always trying to do more than you'd want him to do, either because of the system or because I think Harry Maguire is a type of footballer that gives a shit 
and he wants to make an impression. He wants to be positive. He wants to influence the game. And I and I, I was saying that earlier in the season. I think he's trying too much. He's tr- doing too much. He's trying too hard. Needs to get back to his game. Yeah, I think for Manchester United, he's asked to do a bit too much. And when Varane came in, I said to myself. It's an interesting signing because I don't think they're a good partnership because I don't think Varane is going to be the type of player that's going to take anything off of Maguire. If anything, he's going to be... Varane, I think the thinking with Varane was we're going to have Maguire do all of these things. He's going to expose and Varane is fast, so maybe he can cover for him. And that was never going to work. So once again, it just comes down to the system. The system is not good. The defence, the, the components are, are too different from each other. They, want, they have essentially a back five if you include the hair that one with three of them wanting to play one way and the other two playing wanted to play another way and this doesn't make sense and when you have such scholars football scholars like michael owen labeling embarrassing right and michael owen saying he don't think he's quick enough well little mickey owen right um that player who quit on newcastle was getting paid to not work <laughs> harry Maguire runs People are saying, when I said, um, when he's been a top five centre-back, these are Harry Maguire ranks before he got hurt at the end of last season, right? Based mm-hmm. on after stats. Based on top six centre-backs, blocks, Harry Maguire first, interceptions first, ball recoveries first, aerial duels won first, long balls completed first, passes into the final third first, yards per carry, the balls he carries in progresses with possession first. Second, second in progressive carry, sorry. Second in clearance, third in tackles, third in clean sheets, third, third in successful pressures, right? And this is a guy who people are saying is no good, is a worse player, is this. Like, thing. I want you to say, imagine this, right? In yeah. this woke generation, if there was a non-English centre-back who putting up these statistics and the entire media was against it, what do you think people would be saying? They would be rioting. They would be saying, oh, they're hating against this guy. Think about what people have said about players like when anybody criticizes Paul Pogba after a poor performance. And I'm pretty sure if you rank Paul Pogba's performances for Manchester United, right? Yeah. Right? If you look at it objectively, right? Paul Pogba um, has not been a player who you would have said has lived up to the expectations, correct? Yeah, for sure. And there's reasons for that, which we have spoken about. Manchester United is in a a fog, whatever, whatever. And if someone was to say Paul Pogba is no good, is rubbish, whatever, right, you would instantly break down, actually, Manchester United system, blah, 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 blah. Those are actual reasons why he has not reached the level of someone of his ability. But when it comes to Harry Maguire, right, it's more of a situation where people just seem to just, just, just throw, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, oh, and again, he gets no benefit of any doubt. And again, I'm saying, he has been bad this season. So Very has bad. every other football player at Manchester United. Very bad, yeah. He's been very bad. Um, and yeah, as I said, the, the stats speak for themselves. And when people said things like, oh, you sound like someone who understands stats but doesn't understand football, I always said the stats can only reflect the football. It can't, it can't tell you something that isn't there. 
Um, nobody looks on the goal sheet and say, hey, he has 14 goals, but he actually has 12 goals in football. That's not how it works. The stats reflect <laughs> reflect the football. But no, yeah, yeah. as I've been saying I, since October. Sorry, this... Stefan, I just wanted to say, stats reflect the football, but you can't just look at a stat sheet and analyse it. Because going back to Thomas Muller, Thomas Muller has a lot of assists. So I can't say Thomas Muller is a bad football player, right? He clearly is a very good football player. But the stats, yes, it shows he has all these assists, but when you actually watch him, he's not this creative genius. Like, oh, no, there's no, for a, sure. like, here, there's a, here's, here's the yeah, thing with that. And the counter-argument to that is, I'll always say this, you, can't, you cannot watch a football game once and also analyze, analyze it perfectly. So it goes both no, ways. No, no, no. It goes you need, both you ways need different sure. highlights, different stoppings, different breaking downs of it. Exactly. But again, no, anything, it, like I said, anytime he gets beat, you would think that this guy, that no other... Defender gets beat, and this guy's the worst football player in the history of mankind. Um, no, yeah, I agree. But and, I love when people say he pad stats. I don't know how a central <laughs> defender pad stats. I really want to know. And if he's padding stats, then other center backs need to start need to start padding stats. Then, since they, if they want to make money, go pad. No, no. Why why are they not padding stats then? No, for sure. And as I said, it comes down to what I said in October. He's he's simply just reached scapegoat status. And scapegoat status is something that is very hard to come back for. I, it might honestly be done for him at Manchester United. But as a, as you've pointed out, I thought his first two seasons at Manchester United, despite some rough patches, were fairly good. I don't think he was world-class at any point in time, but he was definitely one of the top five EP defenders overall, for sure. This has gone has been a train wreck and it's not simply down to Harry Maguire it's down to the fact that the entire Manchester United backline is terrible individually and together they're terrible as well how does how do they fix that well Manchester United are going to have to do one thing sell and, and reassign or but in the case of Harry Maguire specifically and I've said many a time if Harry Maguire left went to Chelsea this summer and played in that back three under Thomas Tuchel how long do you think it would take for people to rate him again? Because I don't think it would take more than three games. Ah, uh, I don't know. Harry Maguire is certain English players, no matter what they do, there's always going to be a contingent of fans that is going to be against them. No matter what they do, there's going to be a set of people that are just going to be like, eh. yeah. I'm, I'm not talking, yeah, people talking about those fans. Those fans will always exist, but the majority, just how the majority are ignoring everything right now and hating them, I feel like if he went to Chelsea or played well, or went to, and if maybe if you left England altogether, any team that he goes to, he's going to play well. His stats are going to be similar to what was at Manchester United, and all you're going to hear is, why couldn't he do this at Manchester United? Because the team sucks, guys. That's why he couldn't do it at Manchester United. I, I believe that he will stay another season. And I believe that the new coach, that will be the determining factor um, about how the new coach organizes everything. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, anyway, Stefan, we spoke. That was what really I want to talk about. Anything else caught your eye over the weekend? I've uh, been watching a couple of videos from Talk Sports about the best EPL team in history. I found some of those quite, quite amusing. Did you know that the best EPL team in EPL history is the Manchester United 2007-2018? I'm not surprised because if you go by the names, that team was was really good. But if you actually go by memory, you'd realize that team wasn't that good. And I think Wayne Rooney even spoke about it recently, that he was actually drunk most of the times. And he was explaining, basically Wayne Rooney was explaining why he never kicked on from talent to 
super superstar. Um, Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney scored 20 goals in our competition, but he missed a lot of um, games. I remember that season. I'd have to go back and check. Uh, I, I think when you look at that team, you know, your Tevez, your Ronaldo, your um, Rooney, Berbatov. Rooney, of course, Vidic, Evra, um, Rio Ferdinand. You look at that, and that was a season they had West Brown at right back. He 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 was serviceable. They had Owen Hargreaves and Michael Carrick in midfield. Um, was really good. Yeah, I would say I would say based on names and form, that team deserves to be up there. Um, I, uh, it's it's weird though. I, you know, we 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 get we get like I don't believe like I I get I don't believe. Like if that team was to play against the Manchester City team that didn't win two years ago, that didn't win the Champions League, that got mm-hmm. 99 points, that beat yeah. out um, Liverpool, right? Or the team that got 104 points. I believe if that team was in the league, Manchester United would play that team and would struggle to leave the half line. Like it would be a struggle. Like yeah. I believe that there's no way we'd watch those teams play and believe Manchester United is better. But that Manchester United team um, was able to win the Champions League team, and that 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 has to that's something that goes against, goes for them. And this Manchester City team has not. Um, the Liverpool team that won the Champions League and then won the league the year after. Ooh, that that that's a good one. I think um, I think Manchester United has more good players, has better players than that team overall. Mm-hmm. Liverpool team a bit more exciting. Um, what got more points because that Manchester United team got 10 less points than that Liverpool team. Um, it's an interesting one. I would, um, well, who do you uh, who do you think? I would have to really think about it because I don't want to say this team, I don't want to say definitively this team is the best team, and I haven't really talk, thought about it in a long time. But that 2007 2008 team deserves a good shot. Granted, it, granted, um. They probably shouldn't have even won the Champions League that year. John Terry doesn't slip, but those are the breaks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's the breaks of football. I know um, I, I've been thinking about it a lot, unlike you. Uh, the, the team that they beat out in the official rankings based fan votes was actually the 2017-2018 Manchester City team, the one that got 100 points. For me, the team the following year was the better one, the Man City 2018-2019 team. Yeah, they got a few points less, but they were competing with probably, uh, definitely a top five EPL team of all time in that Liverpool team. And they, and they managed to beat them up. Man City team for me, I think best football, best achievement of winning that. that the closest EPL title race I've ever seen was that, that was that 18-19 and they won it. So that's my pick right there. And then, you know, have if to we just go in EPL, if we just go in EPL 100%, um, but the fact that that Manchester City team just didn't do it in the Champions League and wasn't able to get results, so as we've seen with this Manchester City team, um, I, I think if that team was to able was to get the luck and and had won a Champions League, because people forget Manchester United, yes, they won the Champions League, but we forget the whole Barcelona, where Barcelona was in a horrible spell. This is before Pep Guardiola got there, and mm-hmm. how in the first game against Barcelona, Manchester United couldn't leave the half. Ronaldo missed a penalty um, in that game, but apart from they couldn't leave the half. Second game, it was one-way traffic for the most part. Paul Scholes scored a great goal. 
Uh, I, I can imagine like if that team played against Manchester City, Manchester United would have to go into that game knowing this team is technically better than us and we have to we have to we will have to change the way how we would want to play because we mm-hmm. accept that they are technically better. But again, something has to be said for being able to grind out results. And Manchester United always seem to do that under Ferguson. Because again, they shouldn't have won the final. Drogba gets a red card. They get outplayed in that second half um, by Chelsea. A Chelsea team that was coached by Afram Grant. Um, Jose Mourinho had already <laughs> yeah. Um, And you forgot they barely won the league that year. They would have won on goal difference, but... Chelsea in the last game drew a game which they likely would have won, but they seem to have been going through the motions, knowing that they wouldn't have been able to score that many goals to, to um goal Win difference. And again, John Terry scores a penalty. Are we even talking about that team? No, we're not. So those are the margins. I, I, and you see, and that is why that is why I don't count those knockout competitions as highly as most because the luck of the draw severely <laughs> um influences your ability to win those tournaments. No, overall, I agree with most of what you're saying. It's interesting that you said that that, 28, that 2008 Manchester United team wouldn't hold the ball against the Man City team or wouldn't pass the half-line, sorry. That's, that's interesting because when you said that, I'm now thinking, is there any EPL team of the of that era or before that time that would it would, would be able to, against, I guess, compete against that Man City team? And the only one that I can really think of possibly is the Invincibles. M- maybe, could they... Come up against their, the Man City team. They I would have know. trouble. They would have trouble. The two versus three in the midfield would have trouble. I was thinking about that. Vera and um, Perez and Gilberto Silva. No, no, I'm thinking about the entire midfield. Perez, Vera, Gilberto Silva, Lumber, all technical football players. But going up against Manchester City's three um, would would stretch them to the bone. <laughs> It would, it is, would be is it the, thing, the, the, the thing with the, the Invincibles teams, are, and, I, and I don't like when people keep saying that they played a two in midfield because maybe based on the graphics that we saw back then, it was a two in midfield. But really and truly, Dennis Bergkamp played at the top of that pivot, and it was really a 4 3 3. Like we've heard the players and the managers say this so many yeah. times. That, that's I agree with you on that in terms <laughs> of that, but the way how Manchester City sets up where they flood the midfield. Yeah, I don't think Bergkamp would have and been able the way, to And I do agree. <laughs> Perez would, would also join in and you'd have a square and all that. All of that is very, very good. But I just don't see how they would be able to um, cope with Manchester City's consistent flooding of that zone uh, and, and that pressure. Henri would give them, would give um, Manchester City a lot of problems. It would be, it would be a great game. Obviously, because that would be a great team. That would be a good matchup. But granted, I, I, the team that I was thinking about that would probably best matchup against them was the 2004-2005 Chelsea team with Jose, with that Robin yeah. Duff and Cole, Frank yeah. Lampard in his, in, in his best form, that Makalele there. I think that team, and we saw something like what they did where they played against Barcelona. Um, granted, Barcelona didn't have their defensive midfield at the time, but and they over two legs, they were able to overcome them in ways that at that time, Manchester, um, at that time, we hadn't really seen those fast, dynamic wing- wingers that could also score goals because normally mm-hmm. we had used to wingers who would just stay out wide. So, yeah, um, sure. uh, or in Arsenal, or we had the wingers like a Perez who would come inside, but these were actually like forwards 
those are those are the type of games that I could see that those are the type of teams that could see giving um that Manchester City team problems. The, the reason why I would struggle because I do see, like United would probably play Rooney on the left wing. And you know, I just I just think that he would have just got eaten up. He would have just gotten eaten up by even Kyle Walker. The pace, like I don't even think Kyle Walker would too worry about him more than that. Um yeah. so that would be it would be but again, something has to be said about being able to grind out results. For sure. Anyway. For sure. We spoke a lot today. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we go? Uh, final thoughts. Um, shout out to Raheem Sterling, the guy who can't finish, now has over 100 EPL goals in 300 games. One in three rates is amazing. For someone that couldn't shout do the football to- a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, shout out to Jaden Sancho getting a goal. Remember I said to you the week before uh, Messi scoring that goal, got people off my back. Jaden Sancho <laughs> scoring the goal. <laughs> that helped me as well. Big up, Jaden. All right, Stefan. Talk to you. Peace.